Let's begin with a word of prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Amen. So the last three Sundays, we've been talking about parables, and Jesus talked about how God seeks us out like a shepherd, how he cares for us, and how he invites us to return to him. And today's scripture takes a completely different turn. Now, I know about you, but the parables are fun to listen to, but when the disciples ask a question, my ears perk up. Why? Because we are disciples, and I have questions. And it's always my hope that they'll ask a question to which I would like to know the answer. Now, being a professional musician, there are people who like to ask questions in rehearsal to correct the people around them. They'll say things like, isn't that a half note on measure 34? And what that means is they're singing a half note and nobody else is, and they just want to politely point that out to everybody else. <laughs> but this is not one of those questions. This is an honest, heartfelt question. Now, what's really exciting about today's scripture is that I can guarantee that across the street, they read this scripture. And I can guarantee that at my son's church in Winona, they read this scripture. In fact, the gospel reading is part of the lectionary, and every church that follows the lectionary in the world read that scripture. And what does the scripture say on World Communion Sunday? Increase our faith. So today's message is called A Pocket Watch, a Pickle Jar, and a Petrol Station, in case you're taking notes. So let's start off with the pocket watch. I'm a licensed therapist, and uh, so is, is uh, Lenny. And I got to tell you that on one of, one of the diplomas on my wall actually says that I am a trained and certified cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist. Now, when I worked at the hospital, they sent us to this class for pain management, and I took the class and I got certified. And what they taught us was that in the world of hypnosis, in the world of psychology, it doesn't work unless you want it to work. There's no magic. But we've all seen, have you seen this new show on TV? It's called Hypnotize Me, and they make people do silly things. It's on uh, the CW. I watched one episode, and it made me so frustrated. I didn't watch any more. But we've all seen the guy on on the TV, right? And he says, watch the watch, watch the watch. And then the person's clucking like a chicken or barking like a dog. Or once I saw the, the, the guy made him forget where their mouth was and gave them ice cream and they, they kept putting the ice cream all over their face. What are the disciples saying? Well, they're saying increase our faith. But what they're really saying is what my clients used to say to me. Couldn't you just hypnotize me and make my troubles go away? If I'm an alcoholic or I have trouble with food or I have trouble smoking or why couldn't you just hypnotize me with, with the pocket watch and make it all go away? Why? Because it's hard. And we don't like to do things that are hard. And if we could find a magic bullet, a magic pill, a magic pocket watch, or in Christian terms, a magic faith, that could make God do the stuff we want him to do, and we would not have to work as hard, we'd like to have that. The passage that precedes what was read this morning is all about forgiveness. And I don't know if you've noticed this, 
But Christians and human beings in general have a hard time forgiving. We carry grudges. And what the disciples are saying is, Father, Jesus, increase our faith, give us that magic so we don't have to do the work. Which leads us right into our second P in the sermon, the pickle jar. Now, I, I know you've met my beautiful wife, and I'd like to think that I am the stronger person in the house, and every now and then, she calls me to the kitchen to do what? Open a pickle jar. Open a pickle jar. And sometimes I'm successful, and sometimes I'm not. So you could go out and get one of these. Now I told Anita that today, it's a hand exerciser. I told Anita that really today's sermon was like three children's sermons back to back, because we know that's the way I think. I work with children all young. But if I had trouble opening pickle jars, I could, I could go to the Dick's Sporting Goods and get one of these hand exercisers. So I'm sure that if I just squeezed it once, I can now open all pickle jars. <laughs> no. Okay, well, maybe if I squeezed it twice. No, you have to squeeze it every day, several times a day, and work on those muscles. And they sell you two. I only brought one, but they sell you two. Why? Because you have two hands, and you need to get stronger. The size of our faith, I want you to hear this, the size of our faith doesn't really matter. That's why Jesus said, the size of a mustard seed, or like we said in the, in the children's sermon, a tomato seed. The key to God's uh, faith is the key to the door of God acting in our lives. If, if you want to add to our t-shirt collection of things we're going to print on t-shirts, right? You are worth what God paid for you. I like that t-shirt. We haven't made it yet, but it's on my list. So let's, let's get back on track here. The way we think about faith is... The bigger the problem, the more faith you have to have. And we've heard people say to, pe to, to families that have lost a loved one or a child, say, well, perhaps if you had had more, what a horrible thing to say. Mm -hmm. And what Jesus is saying, it has nothing to do with the size of your faith. Faith is the key that opens the door to God's action. Now, in the New Testament, we're reminded that Elijah lived with a woman and gave her the miracle of the oil. But was she the only widow that was without resources in Israel? No. The leper came to be healed. Was he the only leper? No. That God still has the choice to work in our lives. But faith is the key that opens the door to that action. Just because we open the door does not mean that God has to do what we're asking him to do. Amen. He's still God. But I want you to think about this, because, and I'm glad Vicky's not here, but we, we like to go on vacation and travel, and now you don't get a key to get into the hotel anymore. You get that little plastic card, and you have to put it in until the light goes green, and if you don't hold it in long enough, the light goes, doesn't go green, and if you do, hold it in too long, then it won't open, and the first time you open the door to your hotel room, you're like, you're banging on it and pulling back and forth, and then, let's say you spend a week there, like, we'll, we'll go away for a week. By the time you come to the end of the week, you're like, bang, in you go, and the door opens. That's the image I want you to get for faith. You have to use it all the time. It's like the pickle jar. One squeeze is not going to open the pickle jar. Two squeezes is not going to 
a hundred squeezes, if you use your faith a hundred times, then open the door to God's action is going to be quite easy. So the last thing I want you to think of, so here's, here's where we are. Faith is not magic. God is not magically going to do the hard work for you in your lives. But God says, I will act in your lives if you participate in this thing called faith. If you work with me and trust me and pray with me and read my word, then your faith will produce action in your lives. And then he finishes with this odd story of the slave out in the field plowing, comes in, has to serve his master dinner. And you have to think to yourself, where did that come from? Well, that's one of those sudden curveballs that Jesus throws us to make sure we're paying attention. And that's the last P in my sermon, the petrol station. So I need you to know that when I was a young man, I worked at the Hess gas station out on the Collingswood Circle. Do you remember that Hess gas, gas station? It was right next to the People's National Bank. And before it was the People's National Bank, it was chock full of nuts, which is where my mom met my dad. She was a waitress at the counter, and he was a, a, a public service bus driver, and he came in and get a cup of coffee. And that's where they met. So that's an important landmark for me. And I was the gas station attendant there for several years while I worked my way through seminary. And Hess, if you remember, in the olden days, we wore the white uniform with the green stripes. And the gas station was always clean. Always. That's because the night shift guy, which happened to me, would pump gas till about 1 o'clock then people stopped buying gas, and it was my job from 1 until 6 to clean. We cleaned the hoses. We cleaned the pads. We made sure that was clean. But that's not where we're headed. When you drove into a Hess gas station in the olden days, we were trained to take the squeegee and dip it in the bucket. And while we were getting your order, hello, welcome to Hess, we were washing the driver's side of the window. And you said, give me 10 gallons of regular, because back then, 10 gallons was enough, right? Or $10. And we'd do that, then we'd go back, we'd put the hose in, we'd do the back window. Is this ringing a bell? Mm -hmm. Right? Then we'd go around the other side, and we'd do the other half of the back. We'd come up, we'd finish the front, we'd do the headlights, if you were well-trained, and I was. And then we would say these words that you will never hear from a gas station attendant today. Pop the hood, I'll check the oil for you. When's the last time somebody asked to check your oil? Not in a million years. We would pop it, and we were trained to have a rag in our pocket, and we checked the oil. And if it was automatic transmission, we would say, after you've got the gas, do you want us to check that? Then we'd come around, by that time it was done, we'd finish off the pump, and we'd say goodbye. And that was the way it was in the olden days. And I hate to say it, but in the olden days. So, I was going down Route 38 the other day, and I, I was running low on gas, and I pulled into a gas station I did not recognize. And I don't know about you, but I like going to the same gas station over and over and over. But I had to go to a new one. I pull in, and I'll never forget, it was $28, and the guy washed my window. Right? While the pump was running, it stops at 20, and he washed the front. He did not wash the back, but he washed the front. I gave him $30, and he looked at me. And I looked at him. And he looked at me. And I looked at him. 
<laughs> and you know me, I'm not going to play this game too long. I said, where's my $2? He said, it's my tip. I said, what? I said, for what? He said, for washing the window. Well, then he got the lecture, didn't he? In my day, I said, in my day, you wash the windows, you did the headlights, and you check the oil. You don't get a tip for doing what you're supposed to be doing. I said, why do you think that squeegee is there? For you to wash the windows. I was not a happy pastor. Thank goodness I didn't have the collar on. He's probably still talking about this crazy man that wouldn't tip him for washing his window. But that's exactly where Jesus is. We come to God because we are loyal Christians and we put our caboose in the seat of church and we put a little money in the plate and maybe we go to Bible study or sing in the choir and we say, you have to do more stuff for us because we do stuff for you. And God says, no. You don't get credit for doing the bare minimum. You don't get credit for doing what you're supposed to do. You can't come to God for an extra blessing just because you showed up. You have to plant the seed. You have to grow the seed. You have to go out of your way to do what you're supposed to do. Now, just for fun this morning, I had to buy gas on my way here, just so you can laugh. And I got out, and I said to the guy, do you wash windows? He says, no, but the squeegee's right there. <laughs> so I took the squeegee, and I, I started washing. He goes, isn't that the world's worst squeegee? And I'll tell you, it was, but let me tell you why. You know, when they come out of the box, it's the very hard plastic, and it doesn't bend, right? You have to use the squeegee so that it gets soft and bends and then it'll pull. So now I have windows on my car with streaks because of the unused squeegee at the petrol station. So I want you to think about this. They have it, they know what to do with it, they're not using it and they're surprised when it doesn't work. Does that apply to your faith? We have it, we know what to do with it and we're surprised when it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, why? because faith is a key that opens the door to God's action. If you've never heard that Jesus died for you, and you've never heard that God wants to have a relationship with you, then at the end of the service today, Pastor Wiki, myself, the elders, the deacons would love to pray with you and share that exciting news with you. If today you're saying, you know what, Pastor, I've, I've I've got faith, but I want it to grow like the disciples. And you want somebody to pray with you to help increase your faith and talk about what that would look like. Your deacons, the elders, the pastors would love to talk with you after church. And if you, you feel called to do something more, you're tired of just doing the bare minimum. There's a, a call that God's laid on your heart for the community, for this church, for the children, for the teens, for some ministry in this church. And you would like to talk to somebody about that. Our, our deacons and our elders and our pastors would love to talk to you about that as well. Amen.